0: Acts chapter 2. Let's finish the chapter up tonight. Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2. If I get hungry while I'm preaching tonight, I'm just going to steal some popcorn off this sign up here. And so I can probably go on for a while with that. So I like these decorations. Good job on these things. And so awesome. And the best part, I didn't have to come up with any ideas and I didn't have to do one thing. They wouldn't let me do anything. And when you tell me you don't have a creative bone in your body, I think they believe me with that one. And so I can't even draw a stick person. I don't even, I can't even do that. So some of my children have my artistic ability too. And so I think David's the one who got my artistic ability, which is none. And so that's why you have people around you who are artistic so they can take care of things. And in the Christian school, Ryan's artistic. I didn't say autistic, Artistic. And so he's artistic. And so, (laughs) Acts chapter number 2 tonight. Acts chapter number 2. Look down with me at verse number 44. The Bible says, And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved we are into the end of chapter number 2 tonight here in the book of acts last week we had the 4th of July thing that we did and we had a more of a patriotic service and the week before that we looked at the verses before this verse 42 and 43 I want you to go back with me and see these. Verse 41 through 43. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, and in breaking in bread and prayers. We mentioned a couple weeks ago how this, new, this church is really just getting off the ground. They had 120 and then the Lord, out of nowhere, brings them 3,000 that get saved and baptized in one day. That is quite a task, an undertaking right there. It's an amazing thing God did, and it just shows it was all God to have something like this take place. And, you know, we think about this next week coming up, how tired we're going to be after vacation Bible school. Imagine how tired they were. 3,000. Imagine those that were doing the dunking. Imagine how heart. Probably by the time they were done dunking, they just their arms couldn't even move anymore from baptizing as many as were baptized. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm just going to mention it now. Um, Labor Day weekend, we normally, that Sunday evening, we go to the beach. We're going to do that. And we have baptisms lined up for at the beach this time. I don't like the getting in the ocean, but I'm going to get in the ocean. But if I start to float away, someone's got to come in and rescue me, okay? I'm not the greatest swimmer, but it will be fun. We're going to have some baptisms at the beach, and so we'll have fun with that. And so, but we see th- these people got sa- And it would have been very easy for this early church, for the, for the Victory Baptist Church in Jerusalem there. I'm sure that's what the name was. It would have been very easy for them to say, okay, you came, you got saved, we got you baptized. Now, you need to go someplace else. We don't have the room for you. That's going to be a lot of work to do what needs to be done. Maybe you can, Maybe we'll send some people your way soon. They could have done that. But that's not what the church did. The church was busy doing God's work. And what we see is it started with the preaching. They continued. They were steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. They taught them the doctrine. We see not only that there, but we see that they not only were continuing the doctrine, they fellowshiped together. They spent time with God's people. How are you going to help encourage someone in the Lord if you don't fellowship with them? And then not only that, they broke bread and ate meals together. There you go. And some people like to say that's got to be the Lord's Supper there. It's not the Lord's Supper. If you go to 1 Corinthians 11, you see how people are making a feast out of the Lord's Supper, what they are making out of the Lord's Supper. That's not what this is. This was God's people working together and discipling the new people so that they could move forward for God. This is God's way of showing this is how a church is supposed to be. When new people come to church and someone trusts Jesus Christ as their Savior, you don't leave them to themselves and say, you figure it all out for yourself. No, they need someone to come alongside and to show them the doctrine, to fellowship with them to break bread with them, and then they continued in prayer. For the past uh, probably four or five years, when someone gets saved, I encouraged them. And before we went to two services, those of you that were here back in those days, the last Sunday school classes we had, adult Sunday school that we had, I gave you all a book called Continued. And that book, continue is a 14-week discipleship book to help someone grow in their walk with God. And so the whole goal was we went through that book together. Say, well, why did we go through it together? Some of you have been Christians longer than me. We went through it together so that when new people come to church, you could reach out to someone, and I have books in my office. You get a book from me for them, and you help disciple them and help them get on their spiritual journey. Anybody who has completed the book, except for Joe and Maria, they've completed 13 of the 14 weeks. When they first, when Joe got saved and when they first started coming, I was in their living room every week at their dining room table. They got used to it. They got really used to it. I was there every week, and we got through week 13. I don't know, we still need to finish. But, But you guys are the only exception. Anybody who has started that book and finished that book with me, is still in church they give in church they serve in church and they're faithful to more than one service a week the only exception to those that didn't finish completely would be the Faschettis that's it so when someone comes and they get saved what I do is I still do the same thing today a while back at Easter Michelle's sister came to church. Michelle's sister got saved. I don't do ladies by themselves a discipleship class with me. Her and her sister, we have been doing it through Zoom together, and we're on week seven right now? FaceTime, sorry, FaceTime. FaceTime, Zoom, it's all the same thing. It's still kind of the same thing. It works. Praise God it works, you know? And because your sister lives closer to L.A., and we do this FaceTime, FaceTime, FaceTime. I got it. And so we're on... We are on seven this week, right? And every week, there was a week I was gone and we got off a little bit, not because of them, they're ready. They send me a text if, at if 12 o'clock on Thursday, if I'm not, pastor, where are you? Oh yeah, I forgot. They remind me and that's an awesome thing because normally it's the other way around where I'm like, um, hello, where are you at? And they're reminding me. But we've been going through and we're on week number seven now. God's design for the church is for God's people to help young Christians Grow in the Lord. And I want to encourage you tonight. When is the last time you discipled or helped anyone grow in their Christian walk? That's God's desire for us. That was the early church. They could have sent all those people away. They didn't. They did what God called them to do. And as we look at this tonight, we look at what they continued to do. So we see that these people were trained. They were given the doctrine. They were discipled. They fellowshiped together, they ate meals together, and then we see they prayed together. That, that sounds like a good Baptist meeting right there. That's how I know they were Baptist. They ate together. That's Baptist right there. It has, and you see they ate before they prayed too. Do you see that? Prayer was lower than the food thing. They were Baptist. I know they were. But we look tonight and we see what this group did. The title of my message very simply is Together. Together. Look at verse 44. And all that believed were, look at the word right there, together. They were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, all those believers, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and look at this and having favor with all the people too it's possible and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved we live in a day and age today where people look and I hear this all the time I hear pastors online and pastors that I've talked to it is hard to build a church in the society that we live in today and I want to just say something tonight I don't believe that's true the world's never been an easy place to do the things of God Say, well, it's just getting really bad now. Do we need to go back and talk about what they did to Jesus? It's always been bad since sin entered the picture. And in all reality, if we want to really look at things, it was really bad before the flood came. Every thought in man's heart was continually wicked. Every thought. And as far as we know, I don't think they had the internet like we do. They didn't have all... Maybe they did, and God got rid of all that stuff. Who knows? I'm not saying they did or not. But what I'm saying is, it was every thought a man was continually wicked. We still have some good thoughts every once in a while today. It's a little, it, we're not even to that point. And we look, oh, you just can't build a church in 2022. Well, I want to encourage you tonight and say, you can build a church in 2022 just like they did when Jesus went back to heaven in 32 A.D., Because we see what it takes The problem we have today in our churches And in our church, I'm going to say it The problem we have is we want the results But we're not willing to do the work that brings the results That's the problem with the younger generation, my generation today We want what the older generation has Without doing the work to get where they got to Because we'll look and say, oh, I want to own a house like my parents do. Well, when my dad was my age, he didn't own a house yet. And today the bank still owns part of his house. I get that. But he worked hard to get to where he is. And sometimes we look, we want those results, but we're not willing to do what it takes to get the results. And so tonight I want to talk for a little bit of time And I know it's already 640 We're going to move into things here I want to talk a little bit of time About this thought of together We can build We can do God's work today We can grow and do what God has for us If we could get our attitude In line with what happened Here in the book of Acts Number one as we dive in And where's my notes here As I said I got like 5,000 papers on here tonight Number one we need to gather together. That's not a hard one to figure out, is it? You look at verse 44, just look at what it says. And all that believed were together. I'm not, I'm not going very deep tonight. This is not a deep message. Gather together. If we're going to get the attitude and be able to do what God has for us, you've got to understand something, we've got to meet together. We live in a day and age, and we, the older I get, you see more and more of this. When I was a kid, and I mentioned it before, you were good Christians if you went to church three times a week. And you got to understand, it doesn't make you a good Christian because you go to church. But that was the thought of the day. Three to thrive. Wasn't that the old Lee Robertson thought there? Three to thrive. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I'm, I believe if the doors are open at church, we should be at church. And I could go deeper into those thoughts, but I think you see it right here they, all that believed, they were together. How can you do the work of God if you're not together? A church should be together. And I know now that we have internet, we have all these things, you got to understand, people that stay at home and watch their church on TV or say they're a part of a church somewhere and they stay at home and they've never been in that, that's not church. Let me be honest with you. Watching at home is not Church. A church, an ecclesia, is a called out assembly. That's what it is. And we need to gather together. The Bible says this here. The phrase were together, it's in the imperfect tense, meaning it was a practice of gathering together all the time. The Bible tells us in Acts 4:32, it says, "And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed, was his own, but they had all things common. They are of one heart, of one soul. They were together. It's the same idea that we see right here. Satan would love nothing more than to hinder the gathering of God's people. Because there's something powerful about God working in a place where people are in one accord, in one place, gathered together for the work of God. And you see, if we want to do what God has for us today, it all begins, first of all, by gathering together. You want some more verses on it? Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto anger. No, it doesn't say that. You're not supposed to be provoking one another to get mad. We're supposed to be provoking one another unto love and to good works. But how can we do that? if we don't be together not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is and let me just put, get it out there some it is their thing not to assemble with God's people that is their thing that's how they do it you're never going to change them they're one time a week or two times a month two times a month that's what they're going to do some do that but that doesn't have to be you It doesn't. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting, encouraging one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. You see, we come together and we encourage one another. How can you encourage someone if you don't show up? You can't. There's no way to encourage and to provoke someone to do good if you don't show up. That, there, does that make sense? And maybe you say, well, by me not showing up, I'm encouraging someone. Maybe that is the case with some of us in this room. But then I tell you to get right with the Lord and start doing what we're called to do love one another and exhort and encourage one another. You know, this world's not going to encourage you to do what's right. Is it? It's not. That's why God's people gather together. So when we come together, not only do we come together to worship the Lord, to hear preaching and to do those things, but we come together to encourage one another. Because there are many in this room that are going through hard times in their lives and they need someone just to encourage them. And you should come to church not expecting a blessing, but being a blessing to someone else. When's the last time you came in and just want to encourage somebody? That's what we're supposed to do. That's what the Bible says. We got to gather together. Don't forsake God's house. Stay faithful to God's house. And I know in the day we live, people are getting further away from it. I don't care what anyone else does. I don't care how little a church meets or what they do. If this is your church, we gather Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Don't forsake the assembly that God's put you in. And if you don't like it that much, go find somewhere you do and go when they have it. Right? I don't think that's a bad statement to make. Today we make whatever excuse we can to miss church. Listen up. Vacations come. Enjoy your vacations. You need vacations. You need time away. It's a good thing. I'm not telling you to never miss a church service. You need vacation. It's good to get away. And it's good, it's refreshing for families. And families with kids, I encourage you to take time and get away. It's important. But you don't need to be gone every Sunday. You can be gone some, but, and this is the other thing, just a personal belief here, we're going to be, in a couple weeks, it'll be the first Sunday I've been gone from here in three and a half years. The first Sunday of August. You know, I'll be in church Sunday... I will be. I got to preach. Anyways, I thought I thought I was going to get a Sunday off, but I'm preaching. It's all good. I'm gonna, I praise the Lord for an opportunity, right? Don't ever take that for granted. Gather together with God's people. You know, sometimes I think we get this idea that you got to understand you're important to the body. I think sometimes you think I'm not important for a body to function properly it needs everything working ever have something in your body not working quite right something hurting a little bit something slowing you down it's because the body's not functioning together and yet we expect the church just to go on without us when you're a part of the body that, you've, that you're a part of and you're actually hindering God's work because you're not part of your body I can't do everything I need to do if my hand decides to take off and is gone I'll show up once in a while. Well, what if I need this hand to do a lot of things one day? And then this hand doesn't show up to do what it needs to do. I think sometimes you've got to understand, God has a place for you in his church. You have, you have importance, and you've got to understand, we also need church. Don't ever, we need church. We need the fellowship with God's people. We need the preaching of the word of God. We need the worship together. We need the prayer time that we're going to start up. We need those things. So we see the attitude begins with number one, gathering together. Number two, look with me. So we see there in verse 44, and they that believe were gathered, it says were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And look at what it says in the next verse. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, And breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Not only do we need to gather together, but number two, we need to grow together. We need to grow together. We need to grow together. And let me just remind you, you say, well, pastor, I've been a Christian a long time. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 100 years. You still got work to do. You have not arrived. Sometimes I think some get this idea in Christianity, I'm right where I need to be you are not because he's still working on me I'm not what I should be I have not arrived when you think you've arrived in Christianity that's when you're one of the most backslidden times of your life because you've never arrived and you never will arrive because our standards Jesus Christ and if you want to claim you're like Jesus tonight I'm going to stand back from you because I I don't want to be a part of that because we all need to grow and I hear preachers say often, and and maybe they'll hear what I say, probably not, but I haven't changed nothing in years. What's wrong with you then? If you haven't changed anything, that means you're good right where you are. And last time I checked, I'm not good right where I am. I got a lot of growing still to do. I got a lot of things I need to mature in in the Lord. There's lots of things I need to do. So I don't care if you just got saved or if you've been saved 150 years. You still got work to do. You still need to grow. We need to be growing together. They continue daily with one accord in the temple (coughs) and breaking bread from house to house. You notice this was not just a once in a while. This was daily. How would it be if I said we're going to meet daily? We have a hard enough time a couple times a week They did it daily Just think on that one there for a minute They continued daily they, That word continued daily means to stay close Remain continued steadfastly The Bible tells us in 2 Peter 3 number, verse 18 But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ To him be glory both now and forever Amen We see they gathered together They grew together Number three gave together give together say pastor are you going to talk about giving I might for a minute this is the problem when I, this, is, this is what happens there are some in this room right now you say oh Pastor's going to talk about giving you're like go for it that's because you don't have a problem with it and you probably give there are some in the room tonight that i already always going to mention giving again the problem is then why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do Last time I checked, we're all supposed to be a part of this thing, right? This is... We live our Christian lives, and even in our church and other churches, we have a lot of welfare Christians that want everyone else. We want all that we get given to us, and we're not willing to do anything or give anything. And we'll let everyone else give so that we can receive the benefits of it called welfare christianity and when churches the average is 30 percent given a church and tithe there's a lot of welfare christians out there and you might not like me saying that but it's the truth man you see we saw this morning we saw a man named joseph of arimathea didn't we see him it cost him money he gave it cost him a lot for the things that he did he gave his tomb to jesus he bought the linen um nicodemus went out and what did he do he bought the the ointment the early church, did we see what they did here? Look at verse 44 and 45. It says, in verse 45, it says, they had all worked together in all things common and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. You know, some people look at that and say, that's how communism first started right there in the Bible. That's not it at all. If you think that, you got rocks in your head. No one forced anybody to do anything they gave to help. Now, you've got to put this into perspective here. Let's think for a minute. We have so many modern advances today, they did not have in those days. You know, we want to travel somewhere, we hop in our car, we can get a hotel, whatever the case may be. pretty easy for us to travel back and forth. Pentecost has just passed. We're right at Pentecost. There are a lot of people from a lot of different areas that came to Jerusalem. We read at the beginning of chapter number 2 all the different areas that all these people came from, right? And all the different languages that they spoke. So you got to understand something. There were a lot of people that probably didn't have much money that came to Jerusalem at Pentecost at that time. They got saved. They started growing in the Lord, and they had needs. They needed somewhere to stay. They needed somewhere to do this, whatever the case may be. And this is what happened. God's people helped out God's people and took care of the needs that's what we see take place after Acts chapter number five we don't see many people selling their land and giving it to the church you saw that Barnabas did that you see two that said they did and gave God all the proceeds and we see what happened to them in Acts chapter number five but when we look at this and we think about this thought here there were so many new believers they needed supplies they needed shelter and the church helped them and when we look and we think on those thoughts it would help each of us when it comes to giving together to realize this is where we go wrong it's my money it's my house it's my car it's my this it's my that I would encourage you to change the way you say things It's God's money It's God's house It's God's car It's God's time It's God's resources Because Psalm 24 verse number 1 makes it clear to us The Bible tells us the earth is the Lord's The fullness thereof And the world and they that dwell therein Do you realize everything you have And everything that you are belongs to God? This is where we get ourselves in trouble. We think, I did the work, I did it all, it's mine to do as I please. It all belongs to him. Hey, this wallet right here, it belongs to him. It might do us good to view that that way. It might help us with some of the things we spend our money on and our time. We belong to God. God loves a cheerful giver, and there's so much more I could say in that, but some of you aren't going to listen much longer if I keep talking about, it. but second Corinthians nine verse number seven says, "Every man according as he hath purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver." God does. That's why we look at this morning and we look at Joseph of Arimathea, he saw Jesus die on that cross and it was nothing for him to give that tomb to Jesus it was nothing to do the things that he did cuz he saw what Jesus had done for him and we live in a day and age today and i know we look and i'll hear people often well pastor we the tithe the tithe isn't mentioned in the new testament it's not mentioned in the new testament i can't find the word tithe mentioned there there's a lot about giving and bringing to the storehouse to the church that which God has prospered you with. That is biblical. And out of our poverty to give. That's Bible. That's what it says. You can't, and if you want to argue with God, you go right ahead. But if you want to be, give, not, if you're grudgingly holding on, you think you have to do it, then just keep your money. Because you're missing the whole point. It's a heart problem. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also problem with most christians today our treasures and everything about ourselves and it's not on him at all if it was on him the things of god would matter missions would matter the work of god would matter in a church our size there's no excuse why there's not money to hire an assistant pastor there's no excuse none imagine what could be done in this place say well it's all getting done yeah I'm wearing myself out every day and I'll gladly wear myself out how was your Sunday afternoon I got about two, about an hour free had to stay more for tonight had the y- young adults the rest of the afternoon do I love doing it yeah Do I trade for anything? No. But imagine what could be done in this place if God's people faithfully gave like we should. So I just don't know if the pastor should be saying that. I think you should follow God and do what he tells you to do. And I'll leave that there. And then lastly tonight, number four, go together. Go together. Praising God and having favor with all the people, verse 47. Then the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The word favor means grace, gratitude, and pleasure. And you notice it said all the people found these early Christians to be favorable. That's pretty incredible there. You see that phrase, having favor, it's a present tense meaning They looked favorably on them for that time. It didn't take long for the persecution to come. Chapter 3 begins, and we see what happens right away as we get further into this thing. But for a brief moment, they enjoyed the promise of Proverbs 16, verse number 7. The Bible says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. That was what happened in the early church in those days. You'll notice that the Lord added to the church daily as such as should be saved. The Lord saves. We know that. I just want you, I want to give you a little thought, just a little thought here. And I'm not saying we do this because of that. In the past three weeks, we've gone out twice inviting people to church. I do it once a month as I, with the church. I go out often. In all reality, the people who go out the most in our church is Gary and Johnette. They're always... They got more miles probably in town than anybody this year so far. I'm, I'm, I keep track of how many of you guys do, and I'm going to pass you up before the year's over because no one's going to do more than me, okay, when it comes to those things. And you guys, I don't know how they do it. I pray that when the Lord allows me to get up to your age that I could, it's, it's a blessing. He, he's telling he's the one coming to me. I, where are the maps? You, you went through them already? Yeah, and, but do you realize in the past three weeks we've gone out twice? The first week there wasn't a ton that went, but we had a good group. And then yesterday we had a great group go out. I don't know if you've noticed, did you notice that three Sundays ago we had two visiting families in church? We hadn't had a visitor in a month. So oh you keep oh I keep track of all that stuff. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Because when a visitor comes, I go visit them. And did you know the following week we had two more visitors come? And did you notice we had four visitors this morning? And did you know it was seven weeks before that we went out before then? I'm not saying that God just blesses because we went out, but it is interesting to see that when you go, you do bo- bring forth fruit. Three weeks in a row, visitors. And the visitors seem to enjoy the church. One guy, Charlie, this morning, he walked in at the end of the first service, got the last 15 minutes of my message, and he stayed and listened to the whole thing again at 10. Wow, I thought, listening to the last 15 minutes, he would just left and never came back. But he stayed and went through that punishment the whole service at 10. But do you see what the Lord does? When we gather together, grow together, give together, and go together, God works. He does. It's not a big secret. Problem is, most churches everywhere now do not go most churches do not go it doesn't happen that doesn't mean we have to be the exception to that we should go and i know i hear this from people people don't go door to door anymore people don't do it that way they did it in the early days and we can still do it today you know people say well facebook is a great facebook's a good way to advertise we advertise on facebook from time to time we advertise in different places yeah those things are good but there's still nothing that replaces going to someone's door. Putting a mailer in the mail sometimes does good. But if we're, if we're looking at all of it, I'll just give you a little breakdown. I keep track of all these things. The mailers we mail out get the least response of anything that we do to us. What God does on someone's heart, you never know. And you cannot say what that does. Then you look at Facebook. For all the contacts you have on Facebook and how many people actually come, I'll give you next Sunday a rundown from Vacation Bible School. How many people looked at it and how many people came because of Facebook? And then I will give you the breakdown of those that come from us going door knocking. All three of those are not huge. Do you know the biggest, the, the best way that people come? By someone inviting them face to face. It still works, it still does. I want God to work. I mentioned it this morning. The last point of my message this morning was, was do the best that you can with what you got. This is what we got. This is the pastor you got. Sorry, but it's who you got. Some of you voted me in, and some are like, I wish I was here so that wouldn't have. But you weren't here, so and you joined, so you're part of it. This is the best we got. You're the best I got. I'm the best you got. We're all. This is what we got to work with, a bunch of sinners. That's what we got right here. But if we just give God our best and give him our all, it's amazing what God could do. The question comes down to, are we doing that? And if we're not, why are we not giving God our best?